1: Luke 22, reading from verse number 39, the Bible says, Coming out, he went to the mounts of Olive, and as he was accustomed, he and his disciples also, and his disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that ye may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone throw, and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he arose from prayer and came to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Arise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Now, I want you to go back and look at verse number 42 of that chapter that we've read. Verse number 42 tells us, And he, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, more intently, more passionately. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. In other words, this verse is telling us the urgency that was involved in his prayer. The verse is telling us about the passion that was involved in his prayer. It was telling about the intensity of his prayer. The determination involved in that prayer. The body what he was about to bear was so heavy upon his spirit that the Bible says that the, the blood, that, the sweat that was coming out of his body was like drops of blood. In other words, there was so much pressure upon him. There was so much pressure upon his spirit that, you know, the the sweat coming out of his body was like blood dropping out. The weight of the prayer was so enormous that the Bible said that he even needed angels to assist him, to strengthen him. You will recall last week that we looked at the reason behind that intensity. And we said that the reason behind the earnestness of prayer was because, number one, our Lord Jesus Christ knew the judgment and the wrath of God that was about to be poured out over sin that he is about to carry. That's one of the reasons why the weight was so heavy. The wrath of God was about to be released upon sin, and he was going to be the one carrying that sin. Number two, we said the reason why Jesus was intense in prayer was because he knew the amount of the guilt of sin that he was about to bear on his shoulder. The guilt of sin. He knew it. And that was why he was so, that was why the prayer was intense. Number three, we said Jesus was intense in prayer because he knew the judgment of sin and the level of punishment that was going to come upon him. The level of punishment that accompanies sin. He knew it. And that was why he was so intense in prayer. But most importantly, he was so intense in prayer. He was so earnest in prayer because he knew that the call that he was about to take will result in his separation from his heavenly Father. And that was why, on the cross, he said, "Father, Father, why have you forsaken?" He knew that Jesus has always been in the company of the Father. He has always been in the fellowship with his Father. He never goes. He never does anything without the Father's presence. And now he is going to endure the separation. From that far, that was why he was so intense. He was so earnest in the prayer, and all through all this, you know, and all this, all the thought of all this became very, very unbearable to him. The thought was crushing him, and that was why he was intense in prayer. That was why he prayed earnestly. Now you may say, I understand. I understand why you can feel that, especially when you know that you are about to die. Especially when you know the kind of suffering that is coming out to you. Especially when you know that the difficulty of the situation that you are about to encounter. I can understand that. The only thing I cannot understand what people will say is that, why do you keep repeating the same prayer? Why do you keep saying the same thing? Why do you repeat the same prayer over and over again, even when you know that God is not going to take away that particular cup? Why do you keep repeating it? especially when you know that God is not this is the plan of God this is what this is the path that God has set for you why do you keep doing let me contend to you this morning that Jesus Christ repeated this prayer number 1 because Jesus understood what it means to pray through there's a difference between praying and praying through two different things Jesus understood the difference between prayer and praying through and that was why he had to keep repeating it he knew that you don't just rush in and rush out of prayer he knows that you do not, see you. you stay in the place of prayer until you settle a particular issue. Until you know within your spirit that you have received what you want. Until you know within your spirit that that particular issue is, has been resolved. That was why Jesus repeated the prayer because he knew what it means to pray through. Number two, why did he keep repeating the same prayer? He repeated the same prayer because he knows the importance of praying through. There's a difference between you knowing why you know how to pray through. And knowing the importance of praying through. Okay. It is quite true. There are two different things. Jesus knew the difference. Jesus knew that you have. You know that to have for You have not prayed. Until you have really prayed through. He knew that. It is one thing for you to say. Yes. Father forgive me. Father forgive me. And let's just walk away. And then stay there. And pray until you have the assurance of your spirit. That yes. This particular issue has been taken care of. Jesus knew the difference. And Jesus understood. That you have not prayed. Until you have prayed through you have not prayed until you have prayed through jesus knew that victory is not assured until a man has actually prayed through the victory that you seek at the altar of prayer the victory that you are looking for when you call upon the name of the lord you have not seen that victory until you are very very sure until you have prayed through whatever difficulty is standing in the way jesus knew that that was why he repeated the prayer because he understood the importance of praying through number three Why did Jesus repeat the prayer? Jesus repeated the prayer because Jesus not only understood what it means to pray through, He not only understood the importance of praying through, He understood the power of prevailing prayer. What you can accomplish when you pray through. Jesus understood that. He understood the power of praying through. And if you read the book of James chapter 5, reading from verse number 16, the Bible tells us that He said the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, He said, avails much. In other words, when you stay there, And you say, Lord, I'm not going anywhere. There is a phrase we use in in the neck of the wood where I come from. They call that kind of prayer taquology. You know? That means it's 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 a prayer that you stay there until nothing happens. It's a vernacular that is not anglicized. Okay. It's a local language that has now been anglicised. You, you use a particular local language and you put a, a, a an English uh, an English uh, ending to it. So at the end of the day, it sounds English, but it's actually a vernacular. It's taquology. That is the kind of prayer we're talking about. A prayer where you stay there until you are not going. There. You say, "I will not let you go." That's the kind of prayer that Jacob prayed. Jacob told that I told that angel. He said, "I will not let you go unless you bless me." In other words, you can do whatever you want. I am not going, I am not leaving this place. The Bible told us about a particular woman that was born in a particular judge. It kept going to the judge, kept going to the judge. The judge said, this woman better leave me. I better answer this woman's prayer. Or else it's going to frustrate my life. That is taquology prayer. That is a prayer. You pray. You say, "Lord, I'm not letting you go." You can remember when you are when you have a little boy, or a little girl coming to you, and uh, "Daddy, I want this." "Daddy, I want this," and you want to do something else, and that kids keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. At one point, in time, because you want to get other things done. You just say, "Oh, take and get out of my ways." That is theology prayer, a prayer where you stay until you get your answer. Our Lord understood that. He understood that unless he prayed through at testimony, facing the cross would be very difficult. He understood that. He knew that there was no way he could defeat Satan on the cross of Calvary unless he first of all defeated Satan at the garden of Gethsemane. Unless he prayed through at Gethsemane, the road to Calvary was going to be unbearable. He knew that. That was why he prayed. Christ understood that victory at uh, uh, victory at, uh, at Calvary depended upon him praying through at Gethsemane. He knew that. He understood that Gethsemane held the key to the victory on Calvary. He knew that. And you knew that that particular key was the key of praying through. In other words, the secret of victory in your own area of life. The secret of victory when you are facing your own cross. the The secret of victory when you are carrying your own cross to your own cavalry is for you to be able to pray through at your own testimony. Because if you can't do that, if you are not able to pray through and get the victory on your knees, when you stand up, you will not be able to stand. You will fall. The secret of victory at your calvary is prevailing prayer at your own Gethsemane. Jesus knew that prevailing power. Jesus knew the power of prevailing prayer. He knew that he could lock up the whole process of salvation on his knees. He knew. And that was why he kept on praying. He knew that once Satan was defeated at Gethsemane, the cross was just a show. He knew. He knew that anything that happens on the cross was an open show. The real battle, the real process of winning the redemption of the souls of men happened in that particular testimony When they were setting the stage at Calvary, Jesus has already won the battle. He just walked up in there just to be able to tell you that this is a finished deal. This is a done deal. I don't know how many of you have ever heard this thing before. But when you about when you were younger, I don't know whether your dad or mom did this to you. But you're about to go into a particular person's house. And your father doesn't want you to eat there. Or your mother doesn't want you to eat there. What do you do? You have a meeting before you get to the meeting. He tells you, hey, we're about to go in there. You don't eat anything. If I wink like this, tell them that you are full. If I wink like this, go to the bathroom. That is a meeting before the meeting. If you don't have the meeting before the meeting, you fail at the present when you get to the meeting. At testimony. Jesus had the meeting before the meeting. And he settled the issue before he got to Calvary. That was why the angels came. That was why the angels were dispatched to strengthen him. That was why the angels were sent to tell Jesus, You cannot give up now. You must win the battle right here, right now. You must overcome the host of hell right here, right now. Because if you don't, winning the battle on the cross will be difficult. If you don't have the meeting before the meeting, when you get to the meeting, you'll be start to Kalulu. You know, uh, what is Kalulu? Uh, you start to stammer. You start to stammer. When you get there, if you don't have the meeting before the meeting. So the idea is that you have to be able to win on your knees before you are able to stand and win against the enemy in the open. They were saying to him, the angels were saying to him, he said, prevail right now. And you do it through prayer. That was why he had to pray and repeat the prayer several times. And my brothers and sisters, you cannot win the battle of life physically if you are not able to win the battle spirit. You cannot. It's not going to happen. You cannot win the battle of life by just talking about it. Yes, I'm a child of God. Yes, I claim it. Yes, I... that is what we call, Um, I'm trying to translate the local language in this now. Um you know, when you say, you know, when your, when, you, uh, when your mouth is empty, you can, I don't know how to say it in English, but the point I'm making is that if you have never eaten something under your, if you are not, if you are not fully prepared and you go and mess with the devil, he will whoop your behind so badly. And that is what the Lord is saying here. You cannot win the battle unless you fought him and won in the spirit. The Bible tells us something in the book of Luke 10. In the book of Luke chapter 10, the Bible tells us a story. It said that the Lord Jesus Christ sent his disciples out to go and preach. And when they went out, they were casting out demons. They were healing the sick. They were bringing people into the kingdom. And these guys were really excited. And when they got back to Lord Jesus Christ, they were telling Jesus, can you see what was happening? These guys were were whooping the behind of Satan. And Jesus Christ told them something. If you look at, if you start reading from verse number 17, and the seventies returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils were subject to us through thy name. Look at the response of our Lord Jesus Christ in verse number 18. He said, and he said to them, I beheld Satan As lightning falling from heaven. (laughs) My brothers and sisters. If you have not prayed to the point. Where Satan falls from heaven. You cannot see the victory. It's not going to happen. You have to be able to get to the point where you are prayed in your life concerning any department of your life. You must pray to the point where you see the powers holding you captive. When you see the powers holding you uh, restricting your progress. When you see the powers holding your blessings. Uh, you have to pray to the point where you see that power fall down from heaven. That is when the door will open. Until those powers are are defeated. Until those principalities are brought down. Until their hands are broken. Until Satan from for heaven. The door will not open. That is just the way it is. The door will not open. In other words, breakthrough in any department of our life will not come until you are prayed to the point where you see the powers holding that area of your life fall from heaven. You have to. That is when the only time breakthrough will come. And this thing do not happen because you pray two minutes prayer. you pray five minutes prayer or because you prayed for one day sometimes you have to pray for years and years our sister during the time of our life class said this morning he said Abraham waited 25 years before you see the result one of the issues that we are finding is that there are some habits we find in our life and we get so frustrated do you know when you were born again maybe you were born again at the time when you were 20. Some of us waited till we were 30. Others were late risers. We came in at 40. Some people even came in at 50. Can you imagine the habits that you have built for 50 years? And then you now came to Christ in one month. You expect all those habits to disappear? It's not going to happen. It takes a while for you to even break down. It takes a while to build up a building. But if you want to tear down a building, it also takes a while to. You have to hire those construction people. You have to clear in the debris before you start building up the right character. You must prevail in the spiritual. If you are going to win physically. So this morning when we are talking about prevailing prayer. What are we talking about? When we say prevailing prayer. What are we talking about? What does it mean to prevail in prayer? Okay. What does it mean to prevail in prayer? To prevail in prayer means to overcome. To gain the victory when you are praying To gain the advantage when you are praying To prevail in prayer means that you have effects That your prayer has influence That your prayer has power In the you know, in the courts of heaven To prevail in prayer means to gain the preeminence Over the hands of the enemy To prevail in prayer means You are able to succeed at the altar of prayer That's what it means It means that when you go into the altar of prayer You come out successful You come out victorious It means that when you are praying Heaven is attentive You are not just praying a prayer that does not go beyond the ceiling You are praying a prayer that catches the attention of heaven The Bible says that when Jesus was walking in the midst of the people There was a woman that had the issue of blood The Bible says that she touches the hem of the garment of the Almighty God In the midst of the crowd A lot of people were touching him And as soon as he touched the hem of the garment of the Almighty God The Bible says virtue from heaven flowed out of his body And Jesus said who touched me And the people say, what are you talking about There are thousands of people around here. People are swarming around you. And you are asking me who touched me? That tells me there are thousands of people praying. A lot of people yelling and making noise. A lot of people doing all the spiritual dance and all the nice things that they do in church. But the Bible is saying there is only one person that was able to touch the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, who touched me? Are you that kind of person that can touch him? That's what we mean when we're talking about prevailing prayer. The prayer that touches the Lord Jesus Christ and causes Him to stop. There was this particular day; He was also going to Jerusalem. The Bible says He was going kuru and He was going. There was a point in the way; He heard the voice of a man. He says, Jesus, our Son of David, have mercy on me." That was the voice of Bartimaeus, uh, blind Bartimaeus. And the Bible said Jesus stopped. The prevailing prayer is the prayer that stops Jesus on His tracks and gets the attention of heaven. Are you that kind of prayer? Does that prays that kind of prayer? In Exodus chapter 17, the Bible tells us the story that we read in the time of our Bible reading. It tells us a story about war. Israel going to war with Amalek on their way to the promised land. In verse number 18 of Exodus 17, the Bible tells us, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel at Raphidim. And Moses said to Joshua, "Choose us, some men, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the run of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him, and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and all went up the top of the hill. And And it was so. When Moses lifted up his hands israel prevailed when he let down his hands amalek prevailed but moses hand became heavy so he took a stone and, and put it under him and he sat on it and aaron and all supported his hand one on each side one on one side and on the other on the other side and his hands were steady until the coming down of the sun so joshua defeated amalek and his people with the sword from this verse of the scripture you will see israel's victory against the amalek was contingent upon Moses, not just going on top of the mountain, not just lifting up his hands, but keeping his hands up. The victory that Israel had was dependent upon Moses being able to lift up his hands and keep his hands up. In other words, Moses not only had to go to the mountain top, he not only had to lift up his hand, but he has to keep that hand up. Which means that you it's not, it's not enough for you to pray. But you must be victorious in prayer for you to see the result that you desire. Because if you don't prevail, nothing will happen. The Bible tells us in verse number 11 of Exodus 17, if you look at it properly, it says when Moses lifted up his hands, Israel prevailed. But when his hands went down, when he stopped praying, When he became discouraged, when he started looking God was taking too long, when he felt that uh, God was not doing what he wanted him to do, what happened? His hands started coming down. The prayer intensity came down. His earnestness come down. Everything started going down. The temperature started going down and the enemy started winning. When his hands were up, Israel won. When his hands were down, the enemy won. Is that what is happening in our lives? When we pray, we see the victory. When we talk with the Almighty God, we see the victory. When we show up in church and do what we're supposed to do, we see the victory. But when we think we have won the victory, and we start slacking, and we stop reading, and we stop attending church, and we stop doing what we're supposed to do, what happens? The enemy starts getting the victory. As, so as long as the hand of Moses was up, Israel got the victory. The question is, why must Moses remain on the mountaintop? Why must his hands keep uh, be continually lifted up? In other words, why must you, why must I prevail in prayer? Why? Why don't you just pray that one prayer? God knows what I want. He knows my, and he knows my need. Why do I have to keep praying? Does he just want to mess with me? Does not want me to enjoy life? And like one of my other elder, elderly friends will say, he doesn't want me to chop life. Eh? Doesn't he want me to enjoy life? Why must we prevail in prayer? I contend this morning that we prevail in prayer because prevailing prayer determines the level of success you are going to experience the level of success you are going to experience in life is a function of how much prevailing prayer you are able to uh, experience. How much of the ability to be able to pray and to see the result will determine the kind of success you are going to see in life. The Bible says when Moses lifted up his hands, Israel prevailed. Number two, why must you prevail in prayer? You must prevail in prayer because prevailing prayer not only determines the success you are going to experience, it secures that success. It secures that success. In other words, you are gathering the things that God is giving to you. You are gathering the things that God is giving to you. When you prevail in prayer, it means that you have cut off every kind of opposition that will threaten the things that God is giving unto you. You are taking away all those things that might come in behind and steal the blessings of God for you in your life. You are securing, you are building a hedge, you are building a fence around the things that God is giving unto you. Prevailing prayer secures our victory. That's why you pray and make sure you get it to the point of answer. If you ask uh, this guy, if you ask Jacob, when Jacob was praying and he was praying and was praying, he knew that Esau was on the other side. He knew Esau was waiting for him at the door, at the entrance of his promised land. He knew that. And if he wanted to enjoy the promise of God in his life, if he wanted to see the promise of God come to fulfillment in his life, he had to overcome Esau. And the only way he can overcome Esau is to overcome him in the spiritual. And he got that particular anointing. He got that particular victory in the spiritual. So that when Esau came, Esau that came with 400 men, Esau was the first person that hugged him and said, Oh, I love you with the love of the Lord. Esau was not doing that because he didn't hate, he didn't hate his brother. He did it because Jacob has already won the battle. It was just a, it was just formalities in the physical. For you to secure the victory, the blessings, the promises of God in your life, you have to learn how to pray true. Number three, why must we pray true? We pray true because prevailing prayer not only secures, it sustains your blessing. It sustains your blessing. It is one thing for you to receive the blessing of God. It's another thing for you to secure the blessings of God. It's one thing for you to secure the blessings of God. It's another thing for you to sustain that particular blessing. Sustainance means that it's continuously flowing. It's continuously there. It's continuously available. You have access to it when you want it. It is not there today and gone tomorrow. It is there. You are sustaining it. It continues to produce the results that you desire. And it is the only way you are able to pray and pray through that you can get that sustainance. So prayer, so that we will pray through because number one, it determines how the level of victory we get. Number two, it secures our victory. And number three, it sustains our victory. Our Lord Jesus Christ knew this. Jesus Christ understood it. That was why he prevailed at Gethsemane. He knew that there was no way he could sustain this the victory. He knew that there was no way man can continue to enjoy the salvation that had been bought with his own blood except he's able to put the enemy to shame and defeat him there. And if you read further in the New Testament, the Bible say he actually, when he eventually died, he just went there to collect what belongs to him. The Bible says he went to the, he went to the, he went to hell and just began to take the keys because he has already won the victory. If you have not won the victory, you cannot collect. What belongs to you. You have to win the victory first for you to go. You see the soldiers that go to war and they fight the battle, they don't begin to gather the spoils until they have beaten the daylight out of their enemy. And their enemy has either been dead or surrendered. That's when they start collecting the spoils. And that is the same thing you can that that will happen in our lives. You cannot see the spoils of war. You cannot take back the thing that the enemy has stolen from you until you have won the victory. We won the victory by praying through at the altar of prayer. That was why there was no option for the Lord Jesus Christ. He had to win at testimony. My brothers and sisters, if you are going to secure your victory in life, if you are going to secure your own victory in your own testimony, you have to be able to pray true. You have no option than to prevail in prayer. And the unfortunate thing is this. There are many believers in the church today, many people who are associated with the Almighty God, who don't even know how to pray, talk less of praying true. Okay? You have to know how to pray before you know how to pray through. <laughs> you don't even know how to pray. You want to pray through. It becomes an issue. So there are so many people in the church of God who don't even know how to pray. Talk less about praying through. And many are not experiencing the kind of victory that God has promised. The kind of victory that Christ has bought with his own blood. The kind of victory that he has assured us that we are supposed to experience. Many are not experiencing it because they cannot pray through. And the reason is why? The question is why? Why is prevailing prayer difficult? Why are people not able to pray through? Why is it difficult for people to pray through? Why is prevailing prayer difficult? Number one, prevailing prayer is difficult because we have what is called a weak spiritual stamina. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs 24 verse 10. It said, if you faint in the days of adversity, it tells us what? Your strength is weak. Your strength is small. If you cannot stand in the day of trouble. If you have difficulty praying through When you are in the midst of the fire Then your strength is small We are asking you to pray for one hour You, you know that you can You, you know that your strength is small You know your strength is small You know You are you, <laughs> Sorry, I'm not messing with anybody. I just, I just, I just say, I just have to put that one in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but your strength is weak. That's why you cannot, pre- that's why you cannot prevail in prayer. Why can't we prevail in prayer? We cannot prevail in prayer because we have this inability to persevere. We have been trained on the instant. Everything has to be instant. You have to talk to God. God, you have to give me this blessing. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. If you don't give me 10, 10 minutes, I'm out of here. And if you don't give it to me, I will stop serving you. If you don't give it to me, I are no longer God. You start giving God an ultimatum. That is why we are not able to prevail in prayer. You forget that the God Almighty is a sovereign God. If you want to have the thing the way you want it, go and create your own earth. I mean, when you create your own earth, you can determine or detect it anytime. But as long as this earth belongs to him, and the fullness thereof, he gives it to you when he wants to give it to you. Yeah. You cannot give him time. Yeah. I hope you understand that. Yeah. But we cannot pray through when we do not have the ability to perse- perse- persevere. We cannot endure. We are not able to stand and say, Lord, this is what I want. I am willing to wait on you. Because the Bible says, those who wait upon the Lord will do what? Will renew their strength. But if you don't know how to wait, you cannot renew your strength. So we fail to pray, we fail to pray true, we'll fail to see the result of prayer. Number one, because our strength is weak. Number two, because of inability to persevere. Number three, because we face an enemy who is an obstinate enemy. When I say obstinate enemy, I'm talking about a stubborn enemy, an unyielding enemy, an inflexible enemy, an unbending enemy, an enemy that will not go back, an enemy that looks like a bulldog. When he bites on something, he will not let it go the only way you can let it go is take a hammer and whack his teeth. That's the only way you can let it go. The enemy will not let go of the things that he has stolen. The Bible says how can a man, how can you spoil the house of a strong man? He said, you have to first of all go in there. You have to first of all bind him. When you bind him, that is when you can take his good. But as long as you cannot bind him, you are wasting time. And we have that enemy. The Bible said, be sober and be vigilant because the adversary, the devil, is throwing around seeking whom he will devour. In other words, the enemy is not resting. The enemy is not sleeping. The devil does not go take a vacation. He doesn't go on sabbatical. When you look at Royal Caribbean and they are advertising, the devil doesn't buy tickets on Royal Caribbean and go to the Caribbean island to go out. No, he doesn't drink a pina colada and sit on the beach and start watching. No, he doesn't do all that. He's always busy, and that's why the Bible asks him when the Lord Jesus Christ went when the Bible was telling him about the appearance of the sons of men in the book of Job, it says and Satan appeared unto him. And the Lord asked him, Oh boy, where have you been? He said, From going to and fro on the earth. In other words, I've been busy, man. I've been going up and down, up and down, up and down. That's what I do. And that is why you cannot afford not to pray true.
0: Thank you very much for listening to our program today.